All right, guys, we have a very special announcement. It's official. The Bases Loaded Pod is joining the Roto Baller Radio Podcast Network. A little bit about Roto Baller. Since 2013, Roto Baller has been grinding away, providing millions of fantasy addicts their fix with player news and cutting edge fantasy analysis. If you didn't know, Roto Baller's 2020 MLB draft kit is already live. Roto Baller's premium draft kit includes exclusive access to 15 draft tools, including printable cheat sheets for every single possible league type. I'm talking mixed leagues, points, head-to-head, dynasty, roto, AL only, NL only, you name it, they've got it. Roto Baller's premium draft kit includes exclusive access to 15 draft tools. These draft tools include printable cheat sheets for every single possible league type. I'm talking mixed leagues, points leagues, head-to-head, roto, dynasty, AL or NL only, you name it, they've got it. They also offer rankings and projections from the number one most accurate industry expert, Nick Mariano. Not to mention access to their exclusive rankings wizard. Like I said, there's 15. Those are just three. So there's so much more to check out. For a limited time, get your MLB premium pass for 50% off. But wait, it does actually get better. Right now, you can get an additional 10% off if you use promo code BASESLOADED. Just visit rotoballer.com slash BASESLOADED to sign up for your premium pass today so you can dominate your leagues tomorrow. Is loaded and one out. Oh my Central God! Deep to right field, way up there and way out of here. Second deck walk off home run. Grand slam. Hello and welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Bases Loaded. Base Loaded is a fantasy baseball podcast, and I'm your host, Mike Curland. You can follow me on Twitter at Mike underscore Curland. And today, the roles have flipped. Zach, you are back on my podcast. I am hosting. You can follow Zach on Twitter at Zach Roto. What's going on, man? Hey, how's it going? It's going. It's weird, huh? You haven't you haven't ho- you haven't been on a podcast or you haven't hosted in a while, I think, right? It's not really weird. It made I've well, I've, I've been on podcast with you before, so um, I know, it's, but it's it's weird for me because you've been you know you've become the host of you know you are the host of your podcast Draft Champion Draft Champions, which you can follow on Twitter at Draft Champagne, and I do you know co-host when I'm available on that one, but it's just weird because now. I get to do the talking. You have to do the listening and replying. Well, you know what? It, it's almost it's almost more comfortable like this. It just it feels it feels almost um, natural. More, yeah, it's more natural. It's more, it's relaxing for you. Yeah, because you don't have to think about well, how can I transition next? How can I do this? Well, anyway, um, <laughs> this is just going to be a kind of a quick hitter. We wanted to get something out there. I've been um, I just kind of got over the flu and everything's just falling out, falling out in disarray. So I wanted to get something out there just to get my name. Of the, or not my name, but the podcast's name. So uh, back in rotation with everybody else's podcast. So we're going to do um, a quick change of heart podcast. Episode 79 is just going to be a change of heart. We're going to highlight some names that guys that when, because we started drafting back in like October, November, like we are true degenerates. We've been drafting nonstop pretty much, especially you. You draft more than anybody I know. So it's going to be interesting. I, I, got, I got your list of names, but I didn't quite read them all over. So we're going to see how this goes. But we're just going to talk about and highlight names that, We've just had a change of heart on guys that we weren't in on initially that we like now price or price might be the reason or just maybe more research in general, just team construction. Who knows? Like we'll talk about why we're higher on them now. Maybe it's something we just were missing the boat on initially. So without further ado, we're going to jump right in. And I'm going to start right at the top because my, my list is a little longer, but the first guy and you don't really agree on me with it. So it's kind of fun to talk about is uh, Arenado. What we did was we pulled up the, the online champions ADP starting January 1st and Nolan Arenado is going where oh, I have <laughs> my, might need, I need to switch it back to all positions. I was looking at pitchers. He is going 17th overall right now with the ADP of 16 and a half. So basically right in that range. And it's simple as this, man. I don't see the big comp for me is Bregman at 13. I don't see why 15, right? Bregman. I see it. Well, his ADP is 14.72, but this shows him ranked. He has the 13th ranked player, so okay, whatever. I guess just because of how ADP falls. Either way, there's no reason why he should be going above Arenado, and Arenado's had probably arguably the highest floor in fantasy over like the last five years or so, man. And I'm not – you know, I've never been a huge Arenado guy because – and I know it's basically – basically speed is a premium, and speed is such a premium that's pushing guys like Arenado down. And his the whole dra- I think the whole trade talks are done. I, I think, you know, Colorado has pretty much put their foot in their mouths, and they're kind of stuck 
so to speak, with Arenado, which is crazy to say. Like, someone's stuck with Arenado, but I think they have him for at least half the year. And sure, I can understand if that if that happens and his price should be reduced, but I honestly think that they're gonna, he's going to be there all year at the very least at this point. And we're talking about a guy with, like I said, arguably the highest four category floor in fantasy. And I know people harp on speed, but that that turns Arenado going 17th or 18th overall into a value. And I think it's a huge value. And I, and I just, I know you don't necessarily agree, but it's just, I don't know. I, I, I think going mid, you know, mid second round is a ridiculous, but I don't know if you want to rebuttal on that. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, I do agree with you on the Bregman comp. Um, for me, it's more of a Bregman too high than a Arenado too low. Gotcha. But um, I, I don't, I can't, I can't really. I'm looking at the ADP, and again, we're looking at January first onwards. This, yeah. Uh, for the online championships on NFBC, the only person I can justify taking, um, like I guess below, um, or the only one, the only uh, time I can justify Arnado above any of the players above him is probably um, uh, Black Bregman. And- I, I could, I could argue Tatis. I think that's where it becomes preference as far as like do you shoot for the ceiling, and these, these, you know, these formats kind of you have to go for the overall. That's the idea of these. So Tatis going this early, I understand it. But in a vacuum, I would probably take Arenado most times. Just I'm more risk adverse in a, in, a, in a normal, typical draft. In this format, however, I probably would lean Tatis just for that overall aspect. Yeah, me too. And I'd also take uh, J Ram over Arenado, who's, who's ranked right after him. Um, I, can, I could see it. You're not going to – Same I, I as Tatis, same, same, yeah. same concept. And, I, and personally, I'd, I'd rather – I would rather Arenado over Scherzer, but, then that, but that's totally personal preference because I know that Scherzer. Yeah, I was going to say that, and there's like four – there are like three pitchers here between Verlander, uh, Scherzer, and Bueller technically going ahead of him in ADP. I, I know my personal strategy. I wouldn't take a pitcher that far, so the pitchers are – or that early, so pitchers are pushing Arenado's ADP down in this in this instance. Yes. So in my my personal way of attacking the draft, I would definitely take hitter hitter at the back end of a first round, early second. So maybe that's why seeing Arenado down there it's a little skewed by the pitchers. But like you mentioned, you were I think you were going to get to this point. I'm just cutting you off because I haven't talked in over a week, so I'm excited. Um, is that yeah, pretty much one through eleven. I wouldn't take over Arenado either. It becomes that 12, 13 range where it's like, I think Arenado fits and seeing him at 18 or 17, it's kind of skewing things for me. So Yeah. You get your pitchers and your speed guys that are, that are, that are putting a, putting like a little, uh, I guess a, a cork in, uh, in Arenado. I, I guess so. And I, like I said, I, I just, I think t- this is the first time all off season where I've seen Arenado and thought, wow, that's a great value because initially he was going, you know, mid, later first that was just you know coming off last year and he had a great year but speed has been such a premium that you've seen it drop now it's to a point where he's dropping into such a great value i talked about Arenado way more than i wanted to so that's what, we can move on and obviously we don't t- we don't really agree we, we we agree on bregman more than anything that bregman's too high but we don't you don't necessarily agree that Arenado should be pushed up so well just one, just one more point on that i think i think um i'm not it's not really a point for for against him just um i just just a point as to why he's going there. I think it's supply and demand. I yeah. think there's a, there's a big supply of like hitters in that range. Like you got right after him. So I think people are saying, okay, well, if I don't get Arenado at the, like if it's a 15, 15 team league, if I don't get him at 12 or 13, wherever my draft slot, where I should quote unquote be taking him, it's fine because I'm just going to take Freddie Freeman, um, Anthony Rendon, um, JD Martinez, Devers, um, all these other guys with the great hit tool and don't steal bases. Like I think Freddie Freeman's very comparable and you can get him um, on the backswing. No problem. So I think that's, that might be a reason why people, including myself would just pass on an auto there. And I think a 15 teamer makes more sense as far as strategy point of view, because again, like you said, the fall off from Arenado, Although there is a fall off, I feel like that's not being recognized. I still think Arenado, because of cores and the hit tool and everything else that you, like you know, Arenado is going to give you 100 and 100 with 40 home runs, yeah, and and a 300 batting average. You're not going to get that same exact stat line from Freddie Freeman. There's still a drop off there. Freddie will give you a solid high floor. Rendon, Devers, like you mentioned, Devers might be uh, Devers. Like Devers might have another step in power to take, but I think he takes a step back in counting stats. I think cores just gives you that level of safety with Arenado and. Unfortunately, Arenado is being clumped into these group of guys where he's always been a step ahead in production and he's not getting that recognition anymore. So although I do agree to a point, I still think he's, for no reason, being lumped into that group of players that 
he still is a step ahead of in production. Fair point. So that's that's why it's like for the first time ever this whole not ever but the first time this whole offseason I think it's a tremendous value. Maybe maybe I'll be proven wrong, but this and this is not and you know me I don't normally defend him because of those like you said I I I'm kind of falling in line with the speed idea. So, but this is just in a 15 team league your mindset makes more sense because obviously you want to address you know if you don't address speed in the first round or early you're likely gonna have to reach early second. Or so yeah, or pitching. So I'm, but I'm big on. So I'm under, I understand you're not following because of that. But in a 12 team league, you could pair him with Tatis or J Ram at the, at the turn. It looks like pretty much almost every time, and that's something I would do every time. Now you're getting five categories and you're good to go. I address pitching next turn around, but I'm also more. I'm also big on waiting. I'm I'm okay with passing on that first tier of pitching in the first couple rounds, especially in a 12 teamer. So right on. Anyway. All right, that's like I said, way more than I want to talk about Arenado. Um, you want to get to your first guy you've had change of heart on? Yeah, I'll talk about um, Scott Kingery. Um, he's a player that I really haven't gotten a lot of shares of, and I and I've tried to, but he he's he's a guy that's getting pushed up. Um, I don't know if you saw the picture. There was a picture that was on Twitter of just him in, in amazing shape. Um, so he's look he looks like he's bulked up quite a bit. Maybe maybe he's going to add some power. He. It wasn't getting consistent playing time last year. He had he played in only 126 games, and I don't I don't know for a fact, but I don't believe I believe a lot of those games that he was subbed in and out or subbed in or subbed out. So I don't think he was getting a uh, well 500 plate appearances. He went 19 home runs, 15 stolen bases. So this is a 2020 guy potentially, um, not that far of a stretch. Yet he's going. Um, uh, if I check it as ADP, I don't have it pulled up right now, but I think it's around 160 something. It's 164. Is his ADP going after going way after? He's sort of like that last player that um, really gets you those stolen bases. Like he's after your um, like a lot of those guys are going the top 100 that um, that are getting pushed up for steals, and he's he's getting pushed up. But um, I think I think he's going to get a full uh, full opportunity to play this year with Odubel Herrera gone and um, Michael Franco gone. So. I want to get some shares of him because I think he's a player that could, um, he does have a potential to um, yield a, a lot of profit. Yeah, I agree. And that's, he's one of the guys that just missed my list. So I was glad you, I, I mentioned, I was, you know, I mentioned you, I was glad you added them to yours. Yeah. He's a guy that I want to get more shares of. Like, like you said, I've done a ton of drafts. I really don't have him in, like, I don't, I have a very small percentage of him just because I guess I'm targeting other things. He, he ends up in a place where like in these NFBC drafts, you're going to be targeting your closers and, and catchers. And those are your, your scarce categories. And although speed yeah. scarce, he's a guy that um, I'm just missing out because I'm forced to take other positions or else I'm really going to be in trouble. Team but, construction. Yeah. I get yeah. it. And the because the problem is again it goes back to speed being pushed up so much that guys like him are actually falling because of that now because you don't again you don't need you don't necessarily need that speed by this point either. So yeah. this goes this goes it, back it, to it, it, yeah it depends on your how your team is constructed. Now looking at him because again I actually I have yet to I, again this flu kicked my butt because I was I was writing my shortstop sleepers and he is technically shortstop eligible so he made the sleeper list and if you look at it he generated more power just based on plate approach last year. Because he was never been a huge power guy, but you mentioned he bulked up. He he improved his pull rate. He raised his launch angle a little bit, and with it came that po- that cha- that change in power production. But it also caused a little bit of an issue with batting average. So maybe that just the natural bulk, you know, bulking up and adding some natural power. Kingery will be able to go back to hitting for better average because he won't have to generate power by pulling, so to speak. So I think there's that. Going for him. Plus, you obviously have the speed tool. You have the 93rd percentile sprint speed. I need to transition over to home plate. The first sprint speed. That's like the big thing now. It, it, it shows that there's more correlation, I believe. But I haven't looked into that, so I got to. Um, anyway, that's a whole other thing. And the, the only the, he, it's pretty much his job to lose. I'm with you with that. Uh, Kingery has to lose the job this year. He, you know, Bohm is looking and itching to come up. So I think the leash might be short, and this team wants to contend. So if Segura outplays Kingery and Bohm is like lighting the world on fire down in AAA, I think Bohm's going to take that spot. So that's something worth monitoring. But yeah, at his that's, price, that's true. at his price, there's still a solid value to be had. Sure, that. Uh, but also, you have Adam Hazley in, Adam Hazley in center field, who's no lock to um, produce. That is true. So that's, Scott Scott Kingery does have the it's sort of a, a backup plan that he can move it over to center field if but if he need if that's 
sort of what happens with Baum if Baum's just crushing it. Um, but like again, Kingery's not without risk. He does have a high strikeout rate, and um, he's he's a nice flyer to take. Uh, I'm I'm really want to get get him in some of these twelve teamers that not the NFBC format where you can play waivers and you can take and you can you can live with more risk in those uh, type of leagues. Yeah, exactly. So that's Scott Kingery. We're getting I'm getting good at rambling today, man. I think what it is again. I just haven't spoke on sports in so long. So. I think it's me. I think it's me and you. We just both talk and talk. Yeah, it's Ramble. it's easy. It's easy yeah. too. It's easy once you get together. So the next guy on my list, I'm just gonna kind of group these two together because they're both earlier round guys. So I don't feel the need for a huge drop, like a deep analysis on them, like we started off doing. <laughs> and it's Ozzy Albies, which. You've, I kind of, I don't know, did I turn you on to Albies initially? Because I remember one draft specifically, you were torn on who to take. I talked to you, I think I talked to you in the Albies one just to change, just to change it up for you. And then since then, you've kind of been on this Albies train with me. So I know mm-hmm. Albies is a guy of ours that we kind of had this change of heart together, not necessarily ever being out on him, but just never really being in on the price. And then Max Muncy's the other guy. I feel like they're kind of similar to me that they've always been where they're going in drafts. I've just, I'm just now more willing to go on my way to get them. Albies being the high floor, five categories. You're addressing your steals while addressing the weakest position in fantasy, I would argue. And then Muncie kind of, again, just not only addresses one of the weakest positions, but he's multi-positional eligible. So he's offering, you know, that first, second, and third base eligibility, which is huge, especially in these deeper formats. In shallower formats, I understand maybe passing on him because of his because of his ADP, but any type of points league, OBP, or deeper format, Max Muncy has become a guy I, I, I really want on my teams just because you know you're getting that solid power foundation. And you know with um, you know Muncy over in L.A. now with you know bets there and everything, that lineup is just ridiculous. He's going to hit like 120 RBIs probably. <laughs> he might. <laughs> with, with like 30-plus bombs because that, that, lineup, that lineup around him is just ridiculous. And I don't care if he hits fifth, you know, because if he's hitting behind Justin Turner, Bellinger, Betts, and I'm sure I'm missing somebody. Um, it doesn't matter. That team is ridiculous. Dude, so, he, scored, he scored over 100 runs last year, and he was batting – I don't think he had a I – don't, I don't remember exactly where he was hitting, but he scored over 100 runs last year. Yeah, and, and you're not even – you're, so you're not even counting on the runs, so you'll take the runs, you know? And I think the batting average issues are overblown because he's still a guy who's going to hit you probably 260-ish. Which is in today's game with every with all those other counting sets. You you mean to tell me we're pretty much drafting Pete Alonso without the price? Maybe yeah. a little, maybe a little less power upside. So just no, he hit thirty five last two years. Where Pete Alonso might hit forty. So excuse me if you know what I mean. So excuse me if he doesn't quite hit forty, but the price tag is far less, and you, you're getting a guy with a similar a similar floor. So yeah, both these guys I've been in on like like you said like we talked about. You talked me into getting all Albies, but that was a time where I took him like early, early third round. So I was sort of on the fence of taking him there. But I've been on, a, I've been on. I love, I love Muncy. Always loved Albies. I got, I got a ton of shares of Albies. Um, I think Albies could return. I think Albies could actually be one of those players that could return late first round, early second round, round value. And I'm sort of banking on it. And his ADP, it's it's risen. Um, I don't know if you agree, but I don't know if you can confirm or agree that. But I think it's risen a lot. I love Albies. I think he's. I'd, I'd take him over a lot of the people in the second round. I just know I don't have to take him there. But um, if, um, if, I, if, if I pushed him to shove, I would take him as a late second round pick. In a, in oh, I would, I would too. And you and, I, <laughs> you and I aren't alone on that. And I think it's because of the simple fact that Albies offers you that. It goes back to that five-category floor. You're going to get uh, – and, and I think it was – I want to have credit to the right person. I think it was Frank Emer- – I forget how to say his name. Emerante? Em- you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, Frank? I know. I know. He's a good guy. Um, I want to make sure I give him credit because he's the one that pointed out, at least to me, because I'm sure it was well known. I just didn't realize it because I didn't. I didn't have a lot of Albies last year. I just didn't. But Albies spent most of the year, a good portion of the year, hitting you know in the bottom half of the lineup. This year, it looks like he's going to be moving up to the top half. With that, should come a jump in production, a solid. You know, we liked his numbers before. You're looking at a guy who's going to just improve his numbers based on just play, just based on production potential alone. And you're looking at a guy who's going to give you mid twenty, you know, low to mid twenties home runs, mid teens stolen bases, and again, these are the floor numbers: 100 runs and maybe 80ish RBIs, depends if he's leading off or not. Yeah. And you're getting this again. You're getting that as a floor. It feels like, and he's only what 23, I think. He's like, yeah, I know he's really young. So you're looking at a guy with that's his floor, 
who's yet to enter his physical peak prime, we, we, you, it's just a matter, I feel like there's a matter of when he's going to break out, not if. And I, I want to I take my chances on him in the third round because I think he's one of those, the price is right. You're getting him. You're, paying for, you're getting that floor in the third round. Oh yeah, uh, I, I, I've done enough drafts that I don't mind saying this now because I wanted to keep. I didn't want to uh, pump his pump his uh, tires too much, but man, Albies is a gift in the third round, and he was going in the fourth round. Um, he scored 102 runs last year, and like you said, batting in the bottom of that order—that's insane. He's batting almost 300. He's in, he's going to be he's, he's a lock for 2020 with upside. This is crazy. Like, well, twenty and fifteen with up, with with upside for at least like for like legitimately 25, 20, 25, 25 type of thing. Like he could easily steal. Okay. I think I just Fair like I, I just don't want to. I don't want to because only because the last two years he's hit twenty four and fourteen, twenty four and fifteen. So I want to call it twenty five and fifteen. Just okay. But you know, you're, you're, it's you're sad. Right. That's the floor. That's you're the right. floor. You're, you're right. You're right. I my, I stand corrected on that. Um, I I'm just um. You're excited. You're excited. <laughs> it was it was hyperbole, but yeah, I, I love Albies. I think he. I don't even know why. I, it, it doesn't even make sense that he's going in the third or fourth round. It doesn't. It makes no sense. Like no. I would take I would take him in a heartbeat over um Starling Marte. Just for which his, hurts for, that that hurts my feelings. But you're right. Like, I'm a Marte guy, and you know that, and I still agree with you. It's not even a question. I know people would disagree with that. Also, people are I, in, mo, in almost every draft. People are taking Adalberto Mondesi over Albies. I'm like, thank you. Like that. I don't. I can. I understand I, it, but I don't. At the same time, I don't get it. Like it's weird. I get. The, I guess that 50 steal. You know, you can get 50 steals out of him, but you also know he's coming off an injury, likely to. You know, he could miss part of the uh, beginning of the season. Not to mention a shoulder injury that could cause issues with the power and terrible plate discipline. I am. We all know I'm a very, very anti Mondesi guy, so I'm not. (laughs) What is Mondesi's war like? um, How does he? How does he he rank an actual as an actual player? Oh, I couldn't tell you. I don't care about actualities. I care about fantasy. No, no. no, I'm just saying this could be fantasy relevant. I'm just gonna. uh, And I, I I don't. I just looked, and Albies played twenty five fifty. He played about, I'd say, a third of the season. Yeah, I just looked that up as well. About um, a third of the season in the bottom half of the lineup. But still, when he moved up to the top half of the lineup, he flourished. He hit 17 of his home runs in the top half of the lineup. He stole 10 of his bags. And you're looking at a guy that now that's about, like you said, about two-thirds of the season doing that. Now you give him a full season doing that. I think, I think that 2020 is legitimately a potential, especially if he's hitting behind. Because he should be hitting probably behind Acuna because Acuna leads off. So what's, what's seeing, Ross, what does roster resource say? Ooh, let's look. Because if you're sitting behind Acuna, you're looking at a guy who's going to definitely get 100 RBIs probably and um, easily 100 runs because he's going to be – yeah, they have him hitting second behind Acuna in front of Freeman and Azuna. So, so you know he's getting 100 runs, close to 100 RBIs, hitting behind. They show, show, show Swanson at hitting eight. Uh, so maybe there's, there might be a time where Swanson gets on base, Acuna gets on base, and Dansby hits a uh, Dansby, and Ozzy hits a, like a three-run shot. You know, it's gonna it'll add up. I think he's gonna get. I think we can see, seriously see that hundred runs, hundred RBI season with twenty with at least twenty to twenty-five home runs and twenty steals. I think and hit two eighty in the process. Like I think that's like like you. He has legitimate early second round potential. He has. <laughs> like, like you said, there's just so much. I think that he's one of those where the in the third round, there's still value to be had there. You can't say that for a lot of the early round guys. And he offers you potential, basically what Ben, like everybody was hoping Ben Tendi would give you last year. I think that's what Ozzy Albies can give you this year without that price tag. Well, he wasn't he going. Well, isn't his price tag this year very similar to Ben Intendi's price tag last year? I thought Ben Intendi was going earlier, like you know, late. Well, I guess me and you were uh, willing to take him in the late second, but I think you might be I right. Don't know. I was I was never taking Ben Intendi last year. You know, I, I think I think I took a couple shares, and then he got priced out because he moved up too much. But I think Albie, Albie's, see, Albie's wasn't going this high. Now he's getting priced up a little well, bit. Well, yeah, I think Benatendi was like going third, early third, sometimes last year. I was it? But was it? So, I, 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 I had zero shares of Benatendi. I was out on him at his price last. Well, year. either way, so okay, this is either going to be a good thing or a bad thing because they might be the same price. Then e- either way, so I might be a little wrong on that one. I'm not. Gonna, I can't confirm nor deny that either. But either way, this could be. The, now this scares me because this could be this year's Benatendi. Where <laughs> no, 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 <laughs> no, I don't think so either. No, no, I don't think so. I'm very, I'm very confident with Albies, barring so inj- bar- barring injury. Um, I think the floor is just the floor is so high and like he's shown it back to back years. So 
Yeah, if I the, the players I'm targeting there that aren't, if I'm not taking a pitcher in that area, I'm always going to be at my, I'm going to be laser folk. Did you hear that or no? Laser folk. He cut off. Uh, no, 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 because you probably didn't hear that. But I'm just up to. I'm up. I'm up. I'm up in our draft, I believe. Um, um, so the siren just went off in fan trucks. Anyways, um, I'm la- I'll be laser focused on Albies and Xander Bogarts in that range this year. Those are the two players. I, I I think and I think that yeah I like those players and, and heck I just in a twelve team league and it was OBP format I believe in Albies so much it was our home league I took Albies like at thirty three overall on a twelve teamer or whatever it is twelve twenty four I took him like no twenty eighth overall sorry yeah and, that, was, that was an OBP league so and that was still <laughs> I wouldn't have done my, that my point is was I was still aggressive on him because I yeah. believe in him I believe in him that much and the shallower the format the more likely I am to quote unquote reach on him because I feel like. I can make up for it later in the, and I, I feel like I, I, I feel like I can make up for it later in drafts. Even I don't care if it's OBP, and his OBP is not bad. He's still a solid OBP guy. It's not like he's terrible. No, he's just yeah. yeah he does technically yeah he loses a little but bit of value. It's, there, it's all it's all rel- not I guess not in a standalone not in a vacuum within himself, but uh, relative to other players, um, other players gain value um, in relation to Albies and an OBP. I I agree. No, I hundred percent agree. I just I believe in the talent that much that. Oh. I'm willing, I, I I'm, I'm willing. I'm willing to take the chance and pass on more sure things, banking on the upside. But again, a shallower format, you could take those chances because you can make up for it middle to later to in the, to the middle later portions of your draft or the waiver wire because this is one of those leagues with the waiver wire. So if I had the first anyway. pick, if I had the first pick in a 15 teamer and then came back around to me at pick 30, uh, oh, I'm taking I, all I, these. <laughs> I know. I know. I have no issues with that because he's not. He's not getting. He's not getting back to you. Well, yeah, exactly. I mean, you have to take – again, you have to take him over Marte, and I'm okay with that because Marte, even though I think Marte still offers a higher steals potential, I think the, the health is with on Albies' side. Albies has shown to be pretty healthy over the last couple of years, whereas Marte seems to always get some type of nickname injury. Yeah, Marte's but, 31. He's going to a new team. You know how yeah. stolen bases – when you're 31, 32, those stolen bases don't go up. No, you're right. They usually they don't. Uh, one one more thing about um, we talked about about Adalberto Mondesi. Ugh. Yeah. Just I just want to I just want to um, I just want to point something out. Make it worse. He, he, <laughs> yeah. Make it worse for this guy. His his O I just looked it up on Baseball Reference. His O WAR was one point five. His D WAR was one point six. So take it for what it is. I don't really look into those stats, but I guess that's his WAR. He had an OBP of under three hundred. Yeah. His OBP is Two ninety one. And just as an overall, I guess that's a small sense. Um, you can't just look at those three numbers by themselves for how a player should be valued. But if you take a player like Nick Ahmed on the, on the Diamondbacks, who I believe is essentially worthless in a fantasy, um, I, you could you could argue with me, but like in a twelve team league, I'm, I don't even want to touch oh, him. Oh, twelve team or yeah, yeah. He has he had a O WAR of two point eight, D WAR of two point six, and an OBP of three sixteen. So across the board, way better player when you look at just those <laughs> metrics, like as a player. So they got Mike Matheny coming in and he's like, you know, okay, yeah, this guy's going to steal bases, but guess what? He's not getting on base. <laughs> he's really just like an average player besides the fact that he's a great fantasy player. So do you think Mike Matheny's going to care? I think there's a non-zero chance that Albert, how Hattelberg the Rondesi is just, just benched. Um, but um, he, I, I, I think there's a chance he just doesn't, he just ends up losing playing time this year. I don't think people are really looking at that. I... <sighs> I said this last year, so I'm not going to – I will hedge my bets and say that's not going to happen. But I just – I think there's no – I think that price tag just doesn't make sense. I mean, I know steals are that much of a need, but goodness. I, I guess what I'm saying is just there's too much risk. I um, agree. I, I, think, I think it's unlikely that what I, what I said is going to come true, but it's something that's in the back of my mind. That's where, I, that's where I was at last year. Trust me, I was very much wrong on Mondesi last year. So was I'm, I. I was, I was with you. With, I was with you on Mondesi last <laughs> and year. And guess what? We're going to double down. And we, we and here's the thing. I don't mind admitting I can be wrong again. I might be wrong again. But I'm not going to pay the premium on, the chan- on a chance I might be right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I'm, I'm, I don't buy into players with his profile. I just don't. And I will miss 10 times out of 10 on players with that profile. But at the same time, Nine out of ten of those players usually won't do well the second year. You know what I mean? Like nine out of ten players don't come around to being at what Montesi is with that profile. That that speed tool is so elite is what it really carries him. He's a better Billy Hamilton. He's a Billy Hamilton that can hit a little better, and that's why he's flourishing so well in fantasy. But anyway, yep. all right. On that note, we're gonna go ahead and take a brief break, and we'll be right back with you after a word from our sponsors. 
and we're back. This is gonna this is running long, so let's run through a few of these names. Who are, who's a couple guys on your list that you can just run through real quick? Okay, I'll make up for lost time and I'll lump three of them together. Um, <laughs> uh, Julio Arias, Lance McCullers, and Mackenzie Gore. Okay, those three guys um, I believe have immense immense upside. They are going. I think Urias is going one forty five. McCullers don't have it offhand, and Gore is going around pick. I don't know, like almost three hundred. Um, I think this year you're, you've seen uh, an emphasis on starting pitching and uh, your your pocket aces or whatever you call it, and I think that that does make sense. Um, however, um, I think there's just once you're once those rare breeds of Verlanders and Coles are gone, your teams are going to be left with other pitchers, and I think um, I think some people might be scrambling to get those innings from pitchers that just aren't going to do it for you. I'll give an example, Jeff Samarja, because I've been, I've been bad-mouthing him for the last month or so. He's a pitcher that, oh, whatever, best-case scenario, gets you 200 innings and 150 strikeouts with um, – um, I think, I think you're going to be lucky with a four-something ERA. But these guys that I mentioned, Urias, uh, McCullers, and Gord, like those guys, they, they're not going to get you that many innings. But um, if you're in a league like uh, a draft champions league, I think there's a very good chance they can get you the, an equal amount of strikeouts and potentially an equal amount of wins as some of these other pitchers that are just um, sort of um, just guys like your Porcellos, your Samarjas. Your, um, I like Heichel a little bit more than those guys, but like him. Um, I, I think it just a lot of it comes down to roster construction. Sometimes you just need innings. And I'm, I'm all for shooting for the stars and hoping to land on the moon type of thing. That's kind of become a new saying of mine. That and tangible change. I'm com- I, those are my things. But anyway, um, I, I think a lot of it just comes down to your roster construction because those innings can be valuable. Like you mentioned Porcello, you mentioned um, Keiko, and although I will lean in your 12s more so, especially towards the, the go- even me. Like, I'm a huge Gore guy because I don't think he's going to pitch as much as others do. But I will take a Gore over those names you mentioned because – there's tremendous upside there and potential. And if anything, you cut them, but in a DC, I'm more likely to go with the innings because innings are valuable. Yes, you're right. This is, it's a very format dependent take. Um, I think in the leagues that like the 12 teams that we play um, that a lot of people play in their home leagues that listen yep. to your podcast. I think, I think the players that I mentioned, I would take in a heartbeat over the, the other yes. players. Yes, 100% agree. I'm, but in, a, in, a, in a DC with 15 teams and limited moves and sharks in the water as your competition, it it's a different story. And I guess you'd recon, you have to reconsider what I just said. But um, <laughs> that's why but it's not, like a, not not that not that I'd back down on that take completely. Um, no, I know you are like I'd, very I'd, big I'd, on. I'd, I'd still take all those three guys over Samarja for sure. Yes, I would take all three of them over Porcello for sure. Yes. Um, when you, but then you get to guys like Keiko, like then it gets sort of Strowman. It gets kind of iffy. Yeah, yeah I it, get it. it gets sort of um, how you constructed your roster to that point. Because their ADP is different. But then, like you can get like a guy like a Stephen Brault. Like I take him literally like the final two rounds of a DC. But you know he's right as of right now he's a starting pitcher for the for the Pirates, and there's probably 120, 140 innings. That's where that's a guy that you could maybe take if you took a Gore earlier. You go and take him later because you know as of right now, and he's. He, Unfortunately, he's on a bad team, so the win potential might not be there. But there's innings there, and innings are valuable if you take these guys early. So that's again, it goes back to strategy and team construction. But there is always a way to, if you want to take the upside, even at that point in the draft, to make up for it later. You just gotta know where to look, under what rocks to uh, look, so to speak. You know? Yeah. So I, I, I Urias, he's gaining st- for someone who's gaining as much steam as he is. I feel like he's still priced relatively well. I have no shares. Not sure if I'm going to because there's, I feel like every draft there's always somebody a little higher on him than I am. But I also haven't done a lot of 12-teamers. So maybe in 12-teamers or we're about to get into some home auction leagues, maybe those are the types of formats I'll end up with them or maybe not because of you. But I feel like there's, there's more likelihood for me to get him in shallower formats because usually where he goes, I'm usually getting something else. I've realized that like just in that yeah. 140-ish range, I usually end up with like a Brandon Lau or – just or maybe a Biggio, a Biggio was before that, but you know what I mean. I go, I'm usually targeting somebody else in that Urias area because I think yeah. Urias, I think Urias is one of those where the innings in particular, the innings, there's gonna be an innings cap there, and it's the Dodgers. So I just yeah, but, I think a lot of that plays into it where I usually where I usually don't get them. Yeah, he's grown on me at the beginning of draft season in October. Uh, October <laughs> October was the beginning beginning of my draft season. Yeah. Without really doing a lot of research, I was I was I was looking at Dustin having uh, Dustin May over Urias, and then after I started digging into the stats and 
And even before they had announced Urias is going to get a crack at this rotation, I, I turned on Urias. I became uh, a fan of him well, way over Dustin May. I would take Urias like 100 picks before May. Yeah, now you're probably right. Because May, a lot of it is just May doesn't have a surefire spot in the rotation. That, that, that's, 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 it pretty much it. that's pretty much it for me. Otherwise, I think Urias has the higher ceiling. May has the higher floor. I think they literally are as boring as it sounds. I think that's it. May has a nice solid floor. I think he has a solid foundation. Urias, Urias has that um, at least used to have the ace potential. I think, I think a lot of things, a lot of people forgot how much of like how highly talented of a prospect he was. He was like the best pitcher in the minors at one point. He was the guy. He was, he was come up and he had that shoulder injury. It threw him off. He's come back and he's thrown hard, done well. I don't understand. Even myself, I asked myself, why am I not higher on him? I think a lot of it is the injury concerns and the, you know, maybe just that prospect fatigue. People just are like over it. Like, oh, it's Urias, Urias, whatever his name is. Yeah, I think he's going to be really good. And I, I think he actually has a higher floor than May, too, personally. I, do you? I don't know. I can see it. I mean, I, <laughs> I, I, I like how I question you. Like, you do? Like, like you're wrong. Like, no, you're not wrong at all for saying that. I just really didn't think about it that way. Um, a couple guys that I kind of can lump together here are – Reese Hoskins and Edwin Encarnacion, one more so for the floor. I feel like he's just a great – I think Edwin is just the high floor, great value. He's going around pick 180 in these in these online champions since January 1st. And Encarnacion just offers you that 30 to 35 home runs. Yeah, it's about, it comes with like a 245-ish average. But you can build for that. And he's just a source of power from a position that's not that deep at, at, uh, at first base. So you, he's a good fallback option. Reese – is more or less the guy that I'm coming around on. And I think a lot of it is just I'm excited for that swing change. They, 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 show, they showed a little bit on Twitter that he's come in, he brought his hands a little lower, opened up a stance a little bit, I believe. And with that should come, could, or could come a, a better, you know, just overall performance. Like we saw him struggle in the second half last year. I think that there's a chance that with the swing change comes a change in production. Who knows what else might change with it? We're looking at a guy that, I think legitimately the power is never a question. Could easily hit 40-plus. And I wasn't a Reese Hoskins guy at all. Again, this is a true – this is probably the biggest change of heart on this list because I was fading him. Then I remembered, I'm like, well, the guy is entering his prime. He had a really down second half, and he's, he's a guy that offers great profit potential at where you're taking him just outside. I think it's like 119th, 119th, 119-ish, 119th. So – I think just – I don't know, man. I'm betting on the tangible change. You know me. The, 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 like I just mentioned earlier, tangible change is a huge thing for me. And we're looking at a guy who's putting in the work to make that tangible change in the offseason. And we'll see how it translates in spring training a little bit. Maybe the hands being a little lower helps quicker get the bat around quicker, get back to pulling the ball a little more. And with it, maybe he'll never be more than a 250 hitter. But I think that th- I think he, we could be seeing somebody like a Max Muncy type of production and what's a great lineup and a great ballpark. We're looking at a guy who's Max Muncy without the bright price tag and positional yeah. eligibility and positional yeah. eligibility, but yeah. I, I think um I saw I saw something on Twitter about um Hoskins swing change and they actually compared him to Edwin. I don't know if you saw that. I did not see that, but I Edwin's hands are it's actually not too far off if I'm thinking about the two swings I saw. So but yeah. his his swing change the the angle I saw was like an open face one, whereas I'm picturing Edwin from the front. So it's a little hard for me to see that that little you know the hands low, the lean that that lean I'm leaning back in my chair right now. A little bit of a lean he has back. But yeah. I mean heck. So if we're looking at so honestly if anything that might be more of a testament to Edwin. But Edwin's just aging man. You see it in his plate display numbers. He, you know he's he's chasing a little more. He's trying to pro it looks like he's trying to press a little bit, whereas Hoskins entering, is entering his prime. And I think there's a lot of – we're looking at a guy who was going, what, top 50, top 16 drafts last year, go, going outside the top 100 and entering his prime. And that lineup is really good still. A lot of, you know, Harper hitting in front of him and Segura can still be a thing. Kingery, you just – I think there's a lot of potential there. I'm sure there's names I'm not thinking of. But, uh, oh, McCutcheon's back. So you have, you have McCutcheon back. So you have another, another guy who can get – RBIs for him. Yeah, another another guy for on base. You know, between between Harper and McCutcheon, you're looking at a lot of three run bomb potentials there. You know what I mean? So yeah. I think there's just a lot of I think there's a lot to like there. And I only have one share of Reese Hoskins so far, and that was in an early that was an early one of our early draft champions. And I was like, I literally just look. I think I texted you right afterwards. I'm like, this is strictly overall upside, like shooting for the shooting for the stars type of thing. Like I'm going, I'm going for that overall. 
but now I'm yeah. really happy. I'm really happy to have that share because it was it was on a team with Trout. So I think that there's a lot of floor there now. But anyway, I'm not bragging. I'm just saying it just happened to work out that way. So I don't know. I'm I'm happy I got that one share. I think I'm gonna get a couple more just to hedge my bets in case I was wrong on them early in the offseason because I was really hard fade on them forgetting that there is still a chance for potential growth here in the profile because the stat cast data suggests he was terrible, but that was just a snapshot of what happened, what he did, not necessarily what could happen. And I think even myself, I get caught up in those, those metrics sometimes a little too much and forget that he is only, he is still a developing player and he could easily bounce back and he is making changes to attempt to do so. Yeah. I, I think that's a, I think that's a good call for a change of heart. Yeah, because I, I, at the end of the day, these are all guys that I just we I, I wasn't necessarily in on, and now it's like I want these shares. And Edwin is just a guy that I looked at like he's boring, but then I'm like, you know what, he is boring, but it's okay because now I find myself getting these speed guys and these batting average guys like Albies, um, Fam earlier, and now it's like, well, now I need power. I can take the hit at batting average, but I get my 35 home runs from a guy going almost 100 picks behind other guys that are doing the same exact skill set. So. He's just been a guy that he's been a guy I've made sure to target more so in, in drafts. So fans, another guy I'm sort of like, I don't know why I just have a gut sinking feeling. I'm worried. I worry about him this year. I don't know why, man. I love fam. I know you do. And he, <laughs> you, I don't know. He's, I, I, I think that is like, what, what was he last year? He was like 21, 25 in terms of home run stolen bases. I think that's going to be about the same. I mean, he's going to a lineup where he's not going to hit as many home runs because, or a ballpark arguably, but you're still without more home runs equals more uh, stolen base opportunity. I would think, right? I don't know. I can see. I don't know why I see like, he, and he's also he's he's played through the injuries, but he's also been he's been banged up a lot. I I don't know he's, what I'm seeing. I, I don't know what I'm seeing like an eighteen eighteen season from him. Which. 1818 at, at, at pick I pick 70 like you're paying you're hoping like honestly there's a there's a ch- there's a non-zero chance that Albies gives you that season and you're paying a third round price tag for that it's true and I and we love Albies so I'm just trying to be realistic and you know the pessimistic side of the, the absolute floor could be 1818 for Albies well not the absolute floor that's actually more more stolen bases than he's shown last two years but you get my point like there's a chance that that's what you get out of Albies with a yeah. similar batting average but you're just betting – you're banking on the health, obviously, with FAM. But if you look at FAM, the, the, a weird little stat that I came across when I was researching on him is that last three years he's actually played more games in each of the last three seasons. So yeah, I know. I saw that too. Maybe, just, he's figuring, maybe he's figuring out a way to, to stay healthier every year. Yeah, he's a little older. He's aging. He's not as fun, not as flashy. But this is a guy that gives you 20, almost a 2024 as long as he's playing. He plays two injuries. But I don't know what it is, and this is not backed up by any numbers at all, but I feel like <laughs> – It's even a if gut he, thing. It's a sort of a gut. It is. It is backed up by numbers, but not by anything like any numbers that actually crunched. But I, I feel that if he takes like just any little step back, he turns into Adam Eaton, who you can get like 150 picks later or 100 he, picks later, whatever. He's a guy that I've I just got in our home league because I just lo- I think people are just overlooking him now. It's like you're looking at a guy with 100 runs, 15 and 15, yeah. with a 300 batting average. Like, <laughs> come on. Like I don't see like I don't like that's. I think that's sort of a good comp. Like when I, when, like I've said, like Xander Bogarts in round three could be Alex Bregman in round one. I don't see much difference yeah, there. And I, I see, I see Adam Eaton and Tommy Pham. I'm like, uh, okay, yeah, Pham's like projected to to get you more rotisserie assets, but uh, I think I Pham. Really, I think really Pham. not that. I, I think I could see a scenario very reasonably where they're really close. I think Pham. That might speak more volume to Eaton being too low. Maybe. Maybe. But I also think the reason why is because you know Fam has 25-25 potential. And I think Eaton, we know, pretty much is cap- he's pretty much capped out at 15-15. Yeah. And that's a huge, you know, that, that's a huge difference. So um, we're not, we're, obviously we're not here to say that they're, they're, they belong next to each other. But I think Eaton is being vastly overlooked because of just the landscape of the position. Because he's not flashy. And McCutcheon's he's also He's also, I think, seen as injury prone. Well, yes. And he is. But he stayed healthy last year, I believe, right? Like all. Yeah, he did. He did. I just, I'm, like, I know he got injured. He tore. I think he tore his ACL that one year. I don't know if that makes him injury prone, but for in my mind, I think I just, I just remember that he's missed a lot of time. He did. Uh, 2017, so. and t- 2017 and 2018. He pretty much, uh, he missed. He only played 23 games in 2017. In 2018, he played 95. But before that, in in 16 and 15, 153 and 157, and last year 151. So. I mean, obviously, the hit injury history is more recent for Eaton, but he did stay healthy as recent as last year. 
And every year he stayed healthy, 14 and 18 in terms of home runs, uh, 14 and 14, 15 and 15. And all three of them had 90-plus runs. So you're looking at a guy like you're getting 270, at least a 270, 280 batting average and 15 stolen bases and 100 runs. Like he is a beautiful target to get late in drafts for those specific uh, – needs categories and i think he's just not being talked about it's crazy that somebody so well known in in the you know in this game has become pretty much a sleeper like i know uh, and people like to use the word sleeper for someone who's not 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 such a known commodity so if he's not a sleeper he's a hell of a value then you know either way i just want to look at something is he go i want to look at his adp with respect to i think he's i think he's like 250 ish maybe let's see let's find him I want, um, I, want to, I want to look at him with respect to it, like in comparison to a certain other player. And I hope that – Who's the, who's the other player? I'll, t- I'll tell you in a second. E- I Eaton, hope is, I, Eaton is 209. 209. Okay. I hope that he's going ahead of A.J. Pollock. Yes, he is. Okay. What's, what's A.J. Pollock's ADP? 251. Okay. Okay. Overall rank of 244. So I guess that, like, you know, because there's like, you know, all these ADPs start meshing together. So it's, right. it's very, very close. But I think Eaton has the higher floor at this point. For sure. Like, I, oh, should, easily. Go without, I yeah. should go without saying. Yeah, for sure. Why is D. Gore? I mean, I guess this people maybe. <laughs> this is, I'm looking at D. Gore at 257 now. Like, goodness. He's not even going to start. Shed Long is a heck of a. That goes back into Shed Long being a value. Shed Long is a oh, sneaky yeah. little speed source, man. Absolutely. Yeah. But that's a whole other discussion. Anyway. How many, I, don't know, I don't know how many stolen bases he had in the minor leagues. I think he had like four stolen bases in limited time last year, but I don't know. I actually don't know what his, like, uh, I don't really know. I don't really have a projection on him for stolen bases, but I've been getting, I, I've been getting shed long. I got a lot of shed long shares. Like I've been getting him post 400. He has in double A in, in 2018 in double A, he had 19 stolen bases in 2016. He had in, in, in high A, he had 16 stolen bases. So le- legitimately can still you 10 to 15 this year with full-time playing time easily. Steamer has him at 10. And, and the bat ATC, the lowest is seven. But I still, I think that's being pessimistic. I think very realistic. I mean, you stole, you say you stole three in short time last year. I think he can still you ten. I think ten's fair. I think ten we could be fair. looking at we could look we could be looking at an Adam Eaton light without the batting average. Oh yeah, Seymour has him at ten. Seymour has him at sixteen home runs and ten stolen bases in one hundred and thirty games. That's probably on the lighter side given the playing time. Yeah, because he should be playing every day, barring injury. His ADP is like 400, 415. Ooh. He's a hibernator. There you go. Got your hibernator. Big time. Love it. I, I think, I think, see, here's the thing now. I think he's, he's one of those, like, this is frustrating because he's not good enough to be drafted in our 12 team league we're drafting right now. No, but, he's not. but it's so hard to ignore him because he, he offers you such value. What and sort of on base skills does he have here? Let's see. Three thirty about 330 OBP. It looks like, oh, no, he's, he's flashed 370, 380 in the past, but that's, that's, in, that, that's, that's in like, yeah, that's in single A. So, uh, recently, it's more of the 330s to 350 range, it looks like. I'm just looking at the minor pretty, league numbers. Pretty good. Yeah. With, and, the, and the batting average itself has been 260, 270, um, 260 again. One really ugly 227, but then a 312, 322. So, yeah, I think there's a 250, 260 batting average on the low end here. So, yeah, but this isn't a show long podcast. We don't have a change of heart on him. <laughs> he's, just a guy, he's just a good value. <laughs> True. We're just talking about now we're getting into value. So let's see. A couple guys. My, my, my mind's racing a mile a minute right now in Shed Long, so I'm just not going to say anything. That's fine. Okay. So a couple of guys, last few guys I've had a change of heart on are pitchers because I never talked about enough pitchers, but I realized that it was hard for me to find pitchers because I, I don't know why. I don't know why I haven't have a hard time. I had a hard time finding pitchers, but I did. The first guy was Ed, Eduardo Rodriguez. I know people are so concerned about the white, the White Sox. The Red Sox not being as good, but. They're still going to be a solid team, I think. Like, I have no issues. So, I think the win potential is going to be better than most people want to admit. He's only 26 years old somehow. I feel like he's been around forever. And, yes, injuries have been an issue for him. He's never – for last year pitching 200 innings, he's never pitched above 137, it looks like. So, I don't see him hit pitching 200 innings again, but maybe like 180-ish. It's still a solid 15-win potential, I think. And we're looking at a guy with just solid, just solid high floor. We're looking at like a 380-ish ERA. He has a good pitch mix, which can actually produce better Ks than we saw last year. We saw a K rate of 24.8%. So it's not terrible. It's not, you know, nothing special, but the K minus walk was 16.1%. So 
I think there's just some solid, maybe some K upside that he didn't show if he can maybe change the sequencing of his pitching. I know he has a really good uh, two-seamer that – but see, the thing about his two-seamer is that it induces a ton of weak contact, like 73%, and a barrel rate of 0%. So the, the, the two-seamer is, like, legitimately a great pitch-to-contact type of pitch. Like, it, it doesn't – not a lot – there's, like, no damage to it. So I think he maybe, – maybe it's just a – it'll limit his K potential, but ultimately I think there's a high floor here. And you can get him as your SP3 in drafts, and I think that's fair. I think that's about what you should expect with a chance, uh, albeit not the greater. You can tell I'm not that, that buying into him to the point where it's like, oh, he could be an ace. No, I think there's just a solid SP3 here to be had. I think he's going right where he should be going in drafts. And I don't know. I'm a you little definitely, off. you definitely did have a change of heart on him because yeah. I was on your the only time I think I was on your podcast one one earlier time this year, and we went through our top 100 starting pitchers, and the question was asked to all of us. I don't forget who posed it. Which pitcher outside of your top 50 do you think has the best chance of going into your top 50? My answer, Eduardo Rodriguez. <laughs> Everyone yeah. gave me crap for it back then. I did. I, you're right. I did. Yeah. I did not. I did not like him. And then, as I, but here's the thing. I never. So you said he's an him. SP. You said he's an SP three. Wouldn't an SP three be in your top fifty? He's he. Is, I, that's the thing. When I when I actually did my top one hundred, that's crazy because you're giving me crap for saying I this did. guy might be in top fifty. Now he's actually in your rankings as a top fifty pick. He's in my top forty. <laughs> that's hilarious. It is, and that's because. But that was because I didn't look into him as much as I should have. Because I, I actually started, I um I improved my pitcher analysis tenfold by the, from that first podcast to the. Uh, You're welcome. Time. You're welcome. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so you, you, you did definitely because, uh, like you said, I was very much down on him, and then I looked into him. I was like, wow, I'm very much wrong to be so far to be so down on him that I again SP three would put him top thirty six and twelve teamers, but obviously top forty five and uh fifteen. But either way, I think I have him. Like I think I had last I had him was like around thirty eight. I think a lot of that is just based on maybe I'm a little higher than most, but I'm also more optimistic on the innings. I don't know. I, I'm sure. about to up, I'm about to update my uh, my rankings. And another guy that's moving up my list is Archer, and I know that's gross, but the big thing is just that I think there's a high, I think he could be kind of what we expected him to be last year, more or less, like just a, like a low four ZRA, kind of who he's been a low four ZRA guy, decent K's. He went back to the pitch mix that he flourished in Tampa with midseason and with it came the change in production you saw like first half second half stats you see like almost a full run less than ERA I believe and all that so a lot of it's just he's just solid safe SP5 type you can get later with some upside because I think I'm not gonna bug you too much about that I I I was surprised I didn't think I was gonna be so like I I I really ranked him pessimistically so I'm I'm about to move him up when I do my update and then the last guy I'm I'm back in on. I I wish I wouldn't do this, but I'm back in on Thor, um, Syndergaard broke my heart last year. But when you look at it, maybe this is where he should have been uh, drafted last year. Maybe he was being. Oh, maybe, I think he still has that same potential. But I don't know, man. I just the pitches like his pitches. You look at his pitches. You break out his pitches individually. They're all very solid. Like the slider's great. The um I forgot what else. There's just a you know just a solid pitch mix there, and the numbers kind of back it up. The metrics are good. He's not flashy anymore, and I think people are just sick of wait, getting waiting for that upside, waiting for that potential to hit. And right now, where you're, you're drafting him, you don't have to. You're not bat, you're not drafting him for the where he's, you're not drafting him for that potential. I mean, you are so to speak, but you're getting him at kind of like his floor price. Like you're getting him where you where you, where you're getting him. I guess the best way to say this is uh, you're getting him where he should produce. You're and, getting him at a better price, and I agree. All of the numbers back up the fact that he has underperformed his um, peripherals. Um, but I think he's a guy that sometimes you just got to look beyond the numbers. I think we, I think myself, other people get, get too bogged down in the actual, like the advanced stats and all the data mining. I think I'm out on Syndergaard um, completely, even for this price. I think his price is better, but I think there's just something, there's something with him that um, he just, he carries too much risk still. Um, and there's something more to it than the velocity and the numbers. I don't know. I don't know what it is, but I don't want to find out. <laughs> <laughs> That's what, again, it goes back to the gut. And I get it, man. I just, I think there's, see, I just, I mean, he pitched a full year, no issues and all that. So I'm, I'm willing to give him a shot at his current ADP because I think, again, if, even if he produces similarly to last year, I think you're not losing too much on where you're paying on him. 
so to speak. Uh, but I think he's one of the few. He's almost similar to a Bauer where if things click, you're getting a guy who can return a ton of uh, potential up, can give you a bunch of ROI. So that's where it's like the risk-reward. I think the risk-reward is there. I, think, I mean, maybe I'm a little more optimistic than you are, obviously. I think Bauer has a higher ceiling even. But I think yeah, I still think Thor has a top ten potential. There's a reason you don't. There's not. There's a reason why he was drafted there last year. You know what I mean? Or close to it last year. Maybe that was a mistake. But I'm willing to bet on the talent or the potential talent. That and I think it's there. And I think where you're taking him, it's around guys like Darvish. And although Darvish has also shown that same upside in the past, I'm, I want to take the guy who's younger with less miles on the arm too. So that's what, that's really all that goes there. So I, th- I man, that's, we, we talk a lot about a lot of players. I'm not sure if there's anybody else. I think that might be it. If you, if you want, I can give you one or two more, but uh, we can call it quits. That's up to you, man. I know you got to go. It's been about an hour. Yep. yep. Um, I can give you one more just for, for, the, for, the, for the sake of things. I'll, I'll go Ramon Lariano. Um, I was offering him. For, I, I've been getting him more. I've got to change my heart on him just because I've realized I had to take him earlier than I should have. And um, just, um, just another player comparison, Victor Robles is going ahead of him. I think um, – I'll take Ramon Lariano in all aspects every day of the week over Victor Robles. And he's one of those guys in those overall competitions, you need to get your speed. He's been, I think he's around 70, 75 and ADP. I've been, t- if you, if you, he's one of those guys, if you, if you want him, you got to take him ahead of his ADP hundred percent. I've been getting him more recently. I'd had no shares in the first couple of drafts, but now I'm just been getting him because I think he has, he extrapolated his plate appearances. He has a very good chance of going, getting you a lot of home runs and a lot of stolen bases and getting you a very good batting average. And if you look at it, he was sort of one of those prospects that were, that were coming up. You didn't hear much about, but he did play for Houston. Houston was overloaded with prospects. You know, you've seen a number of those guys from Houston uh, become really, really good in other, on other teams. Anyone named JD. Um, <laughs> um, in fact, JD Davis, uh, JD Martinez. Um, there's others. Um, uh, Domingo Santana for stints. Um, Hopefully, um, what's the guy on the Jays? Um, Tiasca Hernandez. Hopefully, he, for my for my Jays, he he um, reaches some potential. But yeah, um, Loriano, um, sneaky, sneaky good minor league numbers um, could be very good. Um, potentially top three round um, equity on him. Um, I've, I've just been seeing myself make a more more of an effort to focus and make sure I get him in in drafts. Loriano is a guy that I think I might be a little priced out on. I've, I think I have a share or two. I have, I think I have a couple of dynasty shares is what it is because I got them for free basically. So maybe nice. that's where I, maybe, maybe that's where I have them. Cause I don't think I have many redraft shares. And a lot of it just goes to, there's always one guy in the draft room a little higher than me on them. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I'm not, I'm not really opposed to the price as much as I am just never the high guy in the draft room. So I saw him taking on the three four turn, um, or not three. There, there is no three four turn. Uh, four uh, four five turn. <laughs> there's uh, no three four turn. Um, yeah, I don't think there's a three four turn, but um, not, not unless you're playing football, maybe. But um, yeah, I think the four five turn he was taking at um, pick sixty, which I guess isn't as much of a stretch as you think. But well, there is a three four turn. What are you talking about? One two three, or sorry, one. You start off with the one two, and you go to the two three, and you go to the three no, four. No, you, Oh, okay. Sorry. You know what? I'm thinking if you're picking from the one spot. Yeah. Um, I was like, wait, wait. Like, you me, I sat here. I was like, I'm doing math in my head. I'm like, wait, I'm going down the draft board in my head. I'm like, there are turns. We talking about no, because I, I was, I was visualizing, I was visualizing yeah, the, the one. board. I was visualizing the board from my head in my head. And I was looking on the left, left side of the board. I'm like, wait yeah. a second. So, but no, but yeah, no, but he was taken by the guy with the number one pick, but yeah. Oh, right. okay. Gotcha. So gotcha, could, gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> That makes more sense. I was wondering where the, I'm like, where the hell are you? Like, what do you mean there's a three? Like, what? My mind was blown there for a second, man. Yeah, sorry. I was uh, just uh, in my own head there. Yeah, and you blew my mind. So, <laughs> sorry. So, yeah, wow, that's really early. That's, I mean, that's not early. That's probably – it feels okay. I'm, I'm not, again, I have a hard time calling somebody a reach these days unless you're taking DJ LeMayu in the first round. But that's, <laughs> that goes back to the early men picks of the DCs. Well, I want to let you. I want to see what the, uh, the, what the men pick on this guy is, Loriano. Loriano, in what in DCs or in uh forty seven in everything forty seven. That's not terrible. I can. That's that's like almost a three four turn. I can understand it. Draft champions, and I figured he'll. He, I think he's going higher now than he was like in the earlier ones. Well, yeah, uh, in uh, in the so, OC. 
Wow, in the OCs, he actually has a min pick of 92 since January 1st. That's a heck of a bargain. I don't think – how is it even possible since January 1st? I'm looking at it. I've gotten him in those OCs. I don't know. It says a max pick of 90 – it says a max pick of 92 and a min pick of 61. Oh, max pick of 92. Yeah, I mean, that's the the farthest he's fallen. That's crazy. For him to fall that far? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I thought you said that was a min pick. No, 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 no. Uh, Min pick of 61. Okay. Which still feels okay. Like, I'm okay with that price, too. OC's, uh, sorry, draft champions is uh, min is 47 and then 103. That's all time. Oh, wow. Cool. Well, on that note, we're going to call it quits. Again, guys, you can follow Zach on Twitter at Zach Roto. You can follow, the, you can follow his podcast on Twitter as well at Draft Champagne. Not sure what you have planned for that one, but we'll talk about it off the air. I'm at Mike Curlin. You can follow me on Twitter at Mike underscore Curlin. I'm not at Mike Curlin. I am Mike Curlin. Um, again, guys, we appreciate your support. You can follow the Bases Loaded podcast on Twitter and Instagram at Bases Loaded Pod. And as always, guys, we appreciate listening. Oh, one last thing. If you're still listening, hit us with a five-star rating and review. We greatly appreciate it. We are back. We're going to try to hit the two to three pods a week again. Sorry for missing out. I've just been sick. So um, as always, guys, we do appreciate your continued support and appreciate you listening. And we will talk to you soon.